All right, everyone, welcome back to the Second Shot All-American Golf Podcast. I am your host, Tom, as always here with my co-host, Phil. Phil, how are you today? I am absolutely wonderful, Tom. Good. Uh, Today, we're just going to get right into it with our guest. Our guest today is an assistant golf coach at Elder High School, as well as a caddy master manager at Western Hills Country Club. Full disclosure, he is also my father-in-law, Mr. Gary Rogers. Gary, thank you for being on the show. No problem. Big fan of the podcast. You and Phil, outstanding golfers and outstanding second shot all stars. <laughs> Thank you. So, if we could just get it started with, you know, what got you into golf and and what led you to the different positions you're in with with Elder as long as well as uh, Western Hills. Well, um, I guess my dad played golf when I was little and uh, I guess I didn't really get into the game until I myself was a caddy at Coldstream country club growing up on the East side of Cincinnati. I used to ride my bicycle up to uh, caddy in the mornings on weekends, mostly. Although I think we used to caddy on ladies day, which was Tuesday morning. If we, once we got a little bit more experience. So uh, being exposed to the game at a young age, I think, I remember being left-handed that I bought my clubs one at a time from Shillitoe's, not the greatest sporting goods store, but I found a left-handed set of irons uh, in the display. And I I would ride my bicycle to the Beachmont Mall when I had some money and I'd buy an iron, probably like 15 bucks for a six iron, an eight iron, a four iron. I think I got all the even, even numbered irons. I know the normal starter set was like odd three, five, seven, nine, but I had a two, four, six, eight or four, six, eight. I probably didn't have a two, but anyway, so I started doing that. I, I played golf in high school at McNicholas high school. Um, we were division two or actually not division two, but it was called double a at the time back in the 1970s. Um, I did make the all district team, which I think, you know, is basically just, uh, coaches getting together and looking at what your average is and, and voting people to that team. Uh, we used to play our championship at Weatherwax, and I do remember my senior year. We played it in the spring, and my senior year was very unfortunate. I went on a class trip uh, to Washington, D.C., and on the class trip, on the bus ride afterwards, I caught mononucleosis. Now, we won't we won't uh, speculate as to how I got that, but um, I had mononucleosis and uh, the golf district championships was that week. And after uh, we did good in sectionals, we went to districts and I really blew up, shot terrible, 93. And it was, I was the highest and my score didn't count. And it was really embarrassing, but I had mono, man. I don't even know how I could even have played 18 holes and walked, but I did. Um, 
As far as uh, getting to Elder, uh, after working 27 years in uh, the exhibit industry, I uh, lost my job in February of 2009. I started uh, teaching at St. Lawrence grade school as their physical education teacher in 2010. And about halfway through that year, I interviewed at Elder to be a long-term substitute. And by May of 2011, they offered me a full-time position. And by 2012, uh, one of the other teachers who had been doing golf and helping out for a little bit um, decided he was gonna leave the program and asked me if I would join and I joined in. Uh, then uh, I wasn't named the head coach, but I was uh, elevated from helping out on the JV squad to move up to uh, coach the varsity B team, which is uh, Elder has 12 varsity golfers, six that play on the A team and six that play on the B team. And in order to get them all a lot of match experience, we have two teams and uh, we'll play not in the same tournaments necessarily, although occasionally we do. Um, and, uh, if a player is playing really good, he can move up from the B team to the A team. And, uh, conversely, if they're not doing so good, they can be sent down to the minors, as I like to say, onto the B team and, uh, then try to get their game together. As far as caddying or, or Western Hills goes, it's a sort of related to elder, the pro at Western Hills, Mark, uh, Wellage is an elder grad. And he was looking for a new caddy master back in 2014. Uh, the, the current caddy master they had was leaving town with a job transfer. And I actually was in my classroom at Elder when uh, there was an email that came in uh, addressed to the entire faculty at Elder uh, asking if anybody was interested in being caddy manager at Western Hills uh, during the summer. And I tell you, I couldn't answer it quick enough. I couldn't hit the send button quick enough. I, I answered my, or I, I tried to describe my situation as being a caddy growing up, uh, working and loving the game of golf and, and how I would love to become caddy master. I just, you know, a little bit of a, an appendix to that story is that in my years of caddying at Coldstream, I actually got to caddy in the first ever Ohio Kings Island Open which was at, at Jack Nicholas's course up there, the Grizzly. Um, I caddied on Monday for, a, for a, a rabbit, a tour player who was trying to make the cut and didn't make the cut. Uh, and then, but I still had passes for the whole weekend. And then I did, I think I did that two years, 75 and 76. And then a couple years later, the, 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 before it turned into a seniors only event, it actually transferred, or, you know, it might have been after it was already a senior event, sorry. Um, but I did caddy in the Pro-Am for a lady who, probably 1980, a lady who uh, was in the hospitality end of it and helped with all the arrangements. And she was, a, she was an okay golfer. She wasn't a great golfer. Her name was Mary Kelly. And of all people, I got paired with Lee Trevino in his group in the Pro-Am, which was quite an experience. The, the galleries were unbelievable. This was 1980 when Lee was at the height of his, of his fame, right around his U.S. Open wins and that, and his big battles with Jack Nicklaus and everything. I worked really hard that round, but it was really fun to, to be around. And I still remember Lee came up to me on the putting green because I was standing there with Mary Kelly's bag 
standing there and he came over and he said, hi, are you uh, Mary's caddy? I said, yeah, Mr. Trevino. And he said, uh, I'm Lee Trevino. And he looked at Mary's bag, said something else funny. And it was just really great because he was uh, laughing and having fun. Obviously in the pro-am, I forget who else was playing. I, there are probably a couple other members from, from Coldstream or whatever. And I don't know what we shot or anything about that day, just that uh, I was inside the ropes walking right next to Lee Trevino for 18 holes. At, at King's Island. That's pretty neat. I'd never heard that story in all the time that I've known you. Well, there you go. Uh, <clears throat> first off, Gary, that was a very nice intro that you gave Tom and I about being outstanding golfers. Um, I, I kind of blushed a little bit, so don't. Well, don't, you don't. know, you, you hit it so far that I never even, I don't think I've ever even seen you hit driver. You're kind of like Bryson DeChambeau. You just hit irons off the tee. And I do not lift weights. I, I tell you that right now. I, I'm not going to try to change the game of golf either. But you yourself, sir, are a generational driver of the golf ball. I've never seen anybody hit so many fairways in my life. It's annoying. Yeah, 180 straight down the middle. <laughs> Power fade, baby. <laughs> so I, we know that we tell youth that you can learn a lot from golf and not just playing it, but what do you think kids can take away most out of caddying in golf? What are some of the benefits that kids today can get from caddying? Well, that's a great question. Thanks uh, for asking that because it'll give me a chance to uh, rehearse my speech for tomorrow night because actually tomorrow night and Wednesday I have uh, signups for new caddies at Western Hills. So um, I'll be probably getting the same question from some parents, or at least I would like to explain some of that same uh, information to the, both the kids and the parents. Um, first off, you know, it's, it's discipline more than anything. I don't know if kids today really grew up with the kind of discipline that other generations did. Um, you know, everybody gets a trophy, participation things, and, and the PC culture that we live in, uh, we really have to, you know, these kids have to get up, you know, on the weekends and get out of bed if they want to make some money. The best thing about caddying is it's outside, you're in the fresh air, you're getting exercise, and you're being exposed to a game that you can play your whole life. Um, and I, I tell my kids at uh, Western Hills, I said, look, even if you don't know the game of golf, you can you can learn the game of golf. But um, you know, caddying is, is about learn how to be around adults as you're a teenager transitioning into, into adulthood, learn how to have a conversation with someone that's older than you, someone who could be influential in your life, who could, you know, help you network for a, a future position with a company or, or a summer job or something like that in the future. And it's really a great opportunity for these kids and, and the ones who, take it seriously and uh, have the financial need and the activities that they're involved in in school and the good grades, um, a chance to get an Evans scholarship can really be like a life-changing thing for them. And to be totally honest, uh, I would I would work at Western Hills for, for nothing. They wouldn't even have to pay me. I mean, I, I love the fact that I get to play there with the employees and stuff like that, but getting the chance to be around young people and introduce them to the game and, and have them have the chance to win 
uh, or be awarded an Evans scholarship is really, you know, I feel like it's almost my, my raison d'etre, my reason for being. It's, uh, you know, the real, I think that's the reason God put me there so that I can help these kids. And, and in the seven years that I've been there, I've actually been lucky enough to get help. I have 13 kids that have worked for me have gotten an Evans scholarship. So that's pretty life-changing right there. It absolutely is. And um, what is some of the best advice that you give them when they're like caddying in terms of what do you think of when they're, if you were to give one piece of advice to some of your caddies, what, what is one of the things you would say? Well, the thing I would say is, you know, act like you, you want to be there. Don't um, go out there with the attitude like, okay, I'm just going to walk four hours and, and uh, this guy's going to pay me 40 bucks because I'm, I'm, that's what I should get. I'm a caddy. I should just get 40 bucks. But I say, look, if you, if you hustle, if you show the guy that you're, you're into it, you, you understand what's going on on each hole and you, you tell him nice shot when he makes a nice shot or tell him that's okay. We'll get him on the next one. If he has a bad hole, uh, if you show an interest in the game, uh, that guy's going to reward you at the end. And it's just like life. You know, if you, uh, show an interest with people that you're with and, and you show a passion for something and you, and you try your hardest and you work hard, you'll get rewarded. Now, sometimes you might be in a situation where a kid, in your opinion, doesn't do as good a job as you and doesn't hustle as good as you. And, and he got the really, really nice guy who isn't that, you know, stringent with his money and, and he ends up getting a bigger tip than you. Well, that's okay. That happens in life. Sometimes we don't always get dealt the, the hand that we like, and that's okay. You, you got to deal with that and just take that experience and file it in your memory banks and, and work harder the next time. Um, you were asking me uh, the other day about stories that I had from caddying myself. And besides the one that I just shared about Kings Island on the on the pro circuit back when I was at Coldstream I was a B caddy you know I was just starting out I was probably 13 or 14 eighth grade or uh, freshman at McNick and I wasn't driving yet and I was probably I don't know 30th on the list that day you know out of 30 caddies and we used to sit down in the in this little room that was down the 10th fairway a little uh, cinder block shack and the phone would ring and the caddy master would say, okay, and they'd he'd hang up the phone and then we'd all say, who you got? Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? And of course, I had just started. I didn't know anything. And they had a guy, and I, I remember his name was Mr. Keller. I think it was Alex Keller. Anyway, everybody went, ooh, ooh, oh, no, well, nobody. I don't want him. I don't want him, whatever. And and I said, I'll take him. And I raised my hand. and. And they were like, oh, <laughs> you don't want him. You'll not get a tip from him or whatever. And I said, that's okay. Give him to me. I'll take him. So, you know, I guess notoriously he was a guy who didn't tip too much. And back then, I think our flat rate was $4 to caddy. And I was determined to work as hard as I could for that guy, uh, fix his divots, rake his traps, have his putter ready clean his ball on every green, whether he wanted to or not. And I, I can remember him looking at me like, man, I've never had a caddy do all this for me. But when the day was around was over, he gave me 10 bucks. And so I felt really, really proud that I had basically doubled his rate 
and I had gotten a $6 tip on, on a round where I was only supposed to get four bucks. And, and none of the other caddies believed that I really did get $10 from him, but I did. And, you know, that's, that's a great lesson. You can, you don't have to take what other people say as uh, as gospel as to what kind of results you can expect from your life or from anything you do, you can work hard and you'll, you will get rewarded in the long run. I think golf and caddying is a lot like, a lot like life. There's going to be days when you're feeling great and you might think, you know, Oh, I got the best golfer at the club. He's super nice. He gave some kid a hundred dollars last week. I'm just in like Flint and something happens and it starts raining and you only get nine holes in. And so there goes your chance, but then you might get someone who's never had a caddy before or somebody who always have had a bad caddy and you do a good job for him and, uh, and you end up getting a big tip. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a good lesson to be learned if you work hard and you, and you hustle and you, you're, you show interest. Um, you can, uh, you can be rewarded for that. What would you suggest to some people from the other end of the spectrum? Say you are the one who has the caddy and you've never had a caddy before. What's some etiquette that you would suggest in that scenario? You mean for the golfer? Yeah, for the golfer. Because I I remember my first time having a caddy and luckily for me, it was my dad. So yeah. I, I couldn't really treat him that bad. But Right. There's some kids who are just absolutely nervous that first time. You know, oh, absolutely. Some people, are, some people are more understanding than others. So sure. as the golfer with the caddy, how do you yeah. kind of – do you prepare them in any way or how does yeah, that go? sure. You know, occasionally I'll have um, some of the younger members at Western Hills, uh, junior members or members who, you know, are just starting out on their life and are excess – uh, successful young entrepreneurs or whatever, and they've never had a caddy before, but they say, oh, I'd like to try a caddy, you know, this weekend, Mr. Rogers, what, what would you suggest and how do I pay him and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I just say, look, you know, the kid might be, might be uh, nervous, but you know, you can talk to him. He's, he's not necessarily supposed to engage you in conversation, but if, if you're walking together and, and you want to ask him, you know, where he goes to school, what he's interested in, whether he plays the game of golf or whatever, that pleasant conversation is always really nice. I think it, it helps the golfer relax too. And, you know, you'll get a feel for a, uh, in a, in a little bit of a couple of holes, whether your, your kid knows what's going on, the way he's standing around the green, whether he's watching everybody else's putts, or whether he's, you know, in a hurry to get to the next tee so he can rest or go get a drink of water or something like that. So, um, you know, I think a, a, a caddy is, is really just like, you know, a companion. If I actually, I think one time I, I looked it up, the, the origin of, of the word and, and all that stuff. And it was really sort of like a, a medieval kind of thing where a knight or somebody actually had somebody, you know, that carried his weapons around for him. And, and when he, when he needed one, he asked for it and, and he, and he gave it to him. And so, uh, you know, old Tom Morris on the on the old course at, at, uh, at uh, in Scotland. It was the first one that made a bag or, or a quiver. Like he actually used a quiver of of what they used to keep arrows in, and that was the first golf bag. But before that, the caddies used to carry the clubs individually. They just hold them in both hands and and follow along. But um, you know, he's there to to help help you uh, 
you know, have a, have a more enjoyable round. I, I, I obviously think walking when you play golf helps the rhythm of your swing, helps, helps the rhythm of your body. Uh, obviously, in these days and times, you know, a lot of people don't have enough time to play golf. It's one of the, one of the crazy things about the sport. You know, they don't have five hours to play if, it, if it's a day with slow play. And so they want to cart. They want to get out of there as quick as possible. But the game was meant to be played walking. And, uh, you know, if, if the kid is somebody who I know is, is really, you know, wanting to be advanced in the ranks of the caddies and is interested in the Evans scholarship, then I'll certainly convey that to the, to the member as well and say, look, you know, this kid is really working hard and he's trying to get as many loops as he can this year. And, and you'll see him next year and the next year and the next year. And, or this kid plays for me on the elder golf team and he really knows the game. He can help you select your clubs, give you yardages and read putts, even if you want. So it, it's, it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but I don't think the golfer has to be nervous in taking a caddy. The, the caddy's probably, probably more nervous than he is. And, you know, just like you said, treat him like a family member, like you did when you had your dad, it's, you could probably treat him like a little brother. I totally agree with you there, but I think my, my, my question, I did want to ask us earlier when you started talking about the Evans scholarship, can you kind of walk us through, if I'm someone, if I'm a kid who walks in, I want to be a caddy. I'm very interested in, you know, wanting to pursue the Evans scholarship step-by-step how how do they make that happen? What are all the qualifications? How does the whole process work? Sure. Um, it's interesting because um, the year that I became caddy master, we already had a couple of kids who had turned in their applications and things like that, and, and I wasn't really involved. But uh, starting the next the next fall or the fall of the first season, I was there. Um, all of a sudden, I was getting requests from kids to. Uh, you know, write letters of recommendation, et cetera, et cetera. So I actually did have a nice conversation with some of the directors of the Southwest here, uh, Tom Binzer and, uh, oh goodness, I can't remember the, the guy from uh, Makatiwa, but there's a couple of really great, oh, Joe Desch is his name, great guy. Um, and these guys are really, really generous, philanthropic uh, gentlemen, and they really care about the kids. So, you know, bottom line is what I've learned over the years. Um, you need to have about a threshold of a hundred rounds if you can. So at Western Hills, if you're a caddy that shows up a lot, you may get 30 rounds in a summer. Uh, some of my better caddies, honor caddies who I'm getting out every weekend can maybe get 40 in a, in a summer. But if you're going to, if you've got baseball or you're on a tennis team or you're playing soccer and you can only get 10 or 15, it's going to be hard to do it unless you start probably between your eighth grade and freshman year. Um, I did just have a kid uh, who had over 160 rounds um, in four years. So he's probably been my highest number of total cumulative rounds, but he's got a younger brother who started the year after him and he's already over 120 in only three years. So he, I'm trying to get him to 200. It's interesting when I look at some of the numbers from uh, like maybe Kenwood. Kenwood has two 18 hole courses and they do have caddies all during the week. 
So I've seen some great big numbers from them. I've seen big numbers from Inverness. I've seen big numbers from Moraine, uh, clubs that have really, really robust caddy programs in the state of Ohio. But anyway, so, you know, start as soon as you can and, and commit yourself early to try to get, you know, 30 or 40 rounds of loops a year if you can. Help out the caddy master whenever you can. We actually had uh, some other events at Western Hills. We have a Wednesday night league where the caddies actually just are stationed on a hole and all you have to do is four caddy. You do that. I'm going to give you credit for a loop if you can come over and do that with me for two and a half hours on a Wednesday night. Um, and then you're going to do good in school. You need to be in the top 15% of your class. Um, and you also need to be involved in some extracurricular activities. Uh, they don't necessarily take just an SAT score, but you know, if you're going to Ohio State or Miami, you're going to need something in the 20s probably, or, or even the mid-20s to higher 20s. I did have a kid a couple years ago that, that was a fantastic caddy, had a great record of involvement, but he, his SAT score, he just couldn't get it up there. So it was like a 19, and it really broke my heart that, that he couldn't do it. He actually went to satellite campus of Ohio State in Trenton and uh, goes accepted there, paid part of his own way there, part of his room and board, and then applied again for a three-year Evans scholarship. And uh, unfortunately, he didn't get that either. So that was kind of disappointing. But so the last uh, component of the uh, Evans uh, uh, is financial need. So, um, and, you know, as any parent or college-age kids knows, there's a thing you fill out called the FAFSA, Federal Student Aid uh, Forms, and that takes into account your family income, your assets, your liabilities, uh, uh, any side income you may have, and, and that determines what kind of aid you're eligible for. And so that FAFSA, FAFSA form is, is sent to the Evans people, and they look at the, the overall family income. Of course, if there's, you know, extra other siblings, other siblings in college, or if there's a disability involved with one of the parents, or if it's a one-parent household or things like that. There's a lot of situations where uh, extenuating circumstances come into play, but there is a there is a financial cutoff as well. So, you know, you can't just be from a really well-off family, and just because of the fact that you caddied a lot, you're not going to be eligible for, for this uh, potential scholarship. It's really meant for kids who are really in a financial need, but yet have, you know, demonstrated a, a really excellent character and are really, uh, you know, potential for great success. And the cool thing about it is I've been able to uh, go to what they call the Caddy Classic. And the Caddy Classic is run by all former Evans scholarship winners. And you'd be amazed how many guys here in Cincinnati who are now members of country clubs and exec, corporate execs at their own companies and entrepreneurs and, and millionaires started out as Evan Scholars. And what they all do to a person, men and women, is they continue to give back to the other caddies. And it's, it's, it's really amazing to see the amount of contributions that these people make and continue to make to uh, give the chance for these young kids who 
who uh, have developed a, a love for the game of golf and have, have a good work ethic to be caddies, how to make them have a chance to be successful in life. Yeah, we, we certainly appreciate you describing just how important the Evans scholarship is because people really don't realize the everything that really goes into it. And yeah, I, I think I, I remember maybe it was David Letterman or somebody, but, you know, they make jokes about it. You make jokes about it on maybe Bob and Tom or some of the radio shows. Somebody said, there's a there's a scholarship for being a caddy. What? Come on. I, I can be a caddy. And, but, yeah, there is. And Chick Evans was a great guy. He, you know, caddied in the courses just outside the city of Chicago. And uh, it started up there at Northwestern and Illinois. And, and it's spread now. I, man, I, I don't know the numbers for sure. But I know it's as far west as Oregon. And it's as far east as probably Rutgers or something like that. It, I mean, it's all over the Midwest mostly and, and a lot of fantastic schools. In, in the state of Ohio, you would need to apply to either Ohio State or Miami, both fantastic schools. I think at, in Indiana, you can go to Notre Dame. You could maybe go to Indiana University. And then there, you know, there's Northwestern Illinois. And then further, further west, there's, there's other schools as well. And that's headed up by the Western Golf Association, correct? Correct, Western up- Golf Association, right? And they and they host a tournament, BMW. Um, although you know, with COVID, the last last year, I don't know if they even had it. But what's cool about that is all the caddies at at that are 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 Evan scholars, I think. Although maybe not, maybe not in the real event, maybe just in the pro am. But I know that they use Evan scholars at that. Um, at that tournament. They also have like what they have a, a summer camp up in the Chicago area for kids who are really interested in pursuing the Evans and, and they like get a whole, you know, month long or two or three weeks of, of caddying and, and, and intense training uh, uh, to be an Evans scholar and, and stay on the right track. Um, it's pretty cool. There's a couple of really nice country clubs outside the suburbs of Chicago that, that hosts that. And uh, that's a pretty cool thing too, because you get some inner city kids that that have never been out to a you know a big country club like that, and then they get to experience that whole situation. Say you mentioned that you are the varsity B coach. There's so many schools, and me coaching at a uh, smaller high school formerly. I barely had enough kids for a JV team, much less I, I only had five guys on my varsity team three years ago. So what is what is it about Elder and the program, the golf program there, that's allowing you to have such a tradition and have such a supported golf program? Well, you know, Phil, it does it does go in cycles and in, in the ten or so years I've been involved at at Elder. Um, you know, we've had years where, you know, everybody who tried out made our team, you know, we had 12 try out and all 12 made it. And, you know, we probably at the end of our list there don't have kids that, you know, are really going to shoot great numbers. Um, and we have, we've had years where, you know, we've had less than 12 and, and less than eight at the JV level. So that's 20 kids. Um, Elder has an enrollment now that's, you know, fluctuating around 780 to, to 800 kids. 
Um, and that keeps going down every year. It, it's crazy. When I started at Elder, we were over 950. But, you know, kids, people are having less babies. And, and so there's less kids in school everywhere. So um, Elder does have a, a pretty good tradition. The, before our head coach now, Matt Robin, took over, we had uh, 23 years under the, the same head coach, Mike Trimpey who actually was a golfer at Elder when I was golfing at McNicholas. Uh, and I actually played against him in a couple of other Ohio Knights of Columbus golf tournaments. So I actually knew him pretty well uh, when I came to Elder. And then he decided after 23 years that he had had enough of coaching. And he actually gave up coaching to become a deacon in his church. And uh, he needed to... Uh, spend some weekends at the Athenaeum of Mount St. Mary's in order to become a deacon. And he he gave up the golf program for his love for God and to serve the, the, the church and his parish. So that was pretty impressive. Um, you know, the kids that, that come to Elder are are pretty good kids. They uh, they come from good families for the most part, I would say. I mean, in every part that the parents are unbelievable the, the sacrifice they're making to send their kids to a, a private school so uh, these kids you know they they work hard they're not necessarily country club kids although a few of them have probably played a lot of golf on on good courses but um they're west side kids and they work hard and uh you know we don't always have great great numbers we certainly don't have the numbers that that a saint x has but um but we do all right. And, and Elder, you know, is coming close to its 100th year here. Uh, Elder started in 1922. So we're coming up on the 100th year of, of being in Price Hill. And it's a pretty cool place. Uh, it was hard for me to understand when I first started working there. But, but uh, it, it gets in your blood and uh, it's pretty special. And I know we touched on, you touched on COVID a little bit, um, just taking it back to the caddying. Did you guys have any like certain protocols that you got, they had to do or how did the kids, what type of things did the kids have to do when they came back and started caddying again after, um, you know, COVID started? Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, you remember, um, actually it was interesting last year, right about this time would have been when things started to close down and get canceled. And so I actually, did have my signups nights last year, the first week of March, just like this year. And then my first night of training, I had to cancel because all of a sudden everything was shut down. So I let my kids learn remotely. I sent them a link to the video and they, they watched a video about how to be a caddy, which is how I usually start out my training. And then I had to delay my actually on the course training and probably until May. Um, we didn't have on the course caddying until the middle of May. It was probably the week before Memorial Day, like the 23rd. And that only came after several phone call conversations with the club, with the golf committee, with the pro shop, and with the Western Golf Association, who sent out guidelines to all the clubs as, uh, as courses were opening back up. And of course, they took all the rakes off the course. They said, uh, you know, Nobody's allowed to touch the flag. Um, they took all the ball washers off the course. Uh, for a while, they were covering the steering wheels of the golf carts, and there was only one person in a cart. And, of course, when we started back with caddying that week of May, it was only 
four caddies, only four caddies were allowed. So the caddies would be running ahead and they would be placing flags down where the balls would land. And then they would run ahead. And uh, if they, if you wanted your ball cleaned on the green, you would have to hand it to the, say the caddy at an arm's length and let him wash it within his towel without touching it and hand it back to you. So it was really some crazy stuff. Uh, they were even had guidelines where once we had walking caddies for the first couple of weeks, it was make sure that when you hand your your golfer the club, you have only touched the head of the club and not the handle of the club. And so hand him the club with the handle only. And then when you put it back in the bag, don't touch the handle, only touch the top of the club and then wash the top of the club off. And, you know, I think Pretty soon, we learned that the, the surface contact and, and all of the surfaces just didn't transmit COVID the way people were afraid it might. So, I mean, they were disinfecting things. And, you know, at one point, they were even afraid that money was going to have COVID on it. So, like, they didn't want the men to actually pay the kids after the round. It was going to come out of a cash box that I had. The, the members were going to just fill out a card, tell me how much to pay them. And I would pay them out of my box and my box. Actually, when they gave it to me, they, they wanted a, a UV light over the top of it. And I guess that was supposed to kill germs or something. And for a while they talked about all of the caddies being paid via Venmo, which would have been interesting. Uh, some of my older caddies, uh, uh, 18 years old and, and older, had Venmo accounts. And so, yeah, the, the men members would just touch their phone to their phone or, uh, or just, you know, put in their ID and their, the money would show up in their account. But there were a lot of kids that didn't have that situation. So, you know, I would say by the middle of the summer, obviously by July or August, uh, we were just back to kind of normal. We, we still weren't grabbing any pins but we were regular caddying and if kids wanted to wear a mask they could but i think people pretty much got the 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 idea that when you were outside that there really wasn't as much chance of transmission they were still trying to stay you know socially distant and uh when we went inside in the pro shop or uh if we had to go to the restroom at the club we would put a mask on and then the biggest thing the biggest thing that the change for me was we didn't want kids congregating in groups. So normally my kids would come in the morning and they would all get in a group and hang out on the patio. We don't have a caddy shack at Western Hills, but that ended completely with COVID. And the kids were uh, given their jobs on an appointment basis. So they were to arrive 15 minutes before their job, come right over to me, get their caddy bib, and then wait on the patio uh, or on the, you know, the breezeway there. Uh, and be spaced out uh, from the other caddies until their golfer got there. And then they could go to the first tee and, and also space out on the first tee. And that actually was really cool. Like, you know, a lot of people have said that, you know, things that have happened in, during COVID, like, you know, uh, uh, carry out curbside pickup of food and stuff like that and remote uh, working from home is stuff that's going to stay with us after COVID. And actually, I'm hoping that uh, all of those particular aspects of caddying at Western Hills stays with us, that our members continue to reserve their caddies ahead of time so that my kids can 
know the time that they're getting uh, a loop. If it's at 8.30, they arrive at 8.15. If it's at 9.30, they arrive at 9.15. And when they know they have a job, they put, or when they know they're available, they put their name in a list in an, in an app that I have access to. And all the kids that are available from eight to nine show up and I can assign those kids. And then if a kid isn't available till 11, I can assign him at 11 and he doesn't have to come at six in the morning and, and sit for four hours and then not get out. So it's actually a, a pretty good thing that happened due to COVID. Yeah. The appointment thing is really neat. I know they do that uh, at Lasanabel and that's been a, it's been a good process for them. So. Yeah, I agree. Getting over to questions that we love to ask all of our guests. Um, you know, what are some of your favorite golf courses to play in the area? I'm sure Western Hills is one of them, but uh, what are some of your golf courses that you love to play in the Cincinnati area? Um, yeah, I like to play Western Hills. I get to play it probably the most. Um, and I also like Coldstream as well. It's really crazy for me. I, I hadn't been on the course for probably 30 years. So after caddying there in my teenage years and going back as a golf coach, it was crazy to see how, you know, big the trees had grown. It was like a totally different course. But um, yeah, unfortunately, I don't get out to play as much as I would like. Um, but, you know, I like. Um, uh, I like uh, Lassing Point in, in uh, northern Kentucky, uh, Fox Run. I've always liked that. Um, and I used to work in Kentucky before uh, I became a teacher, so I did have some access to some of those courses. Um, I still haven't made it out to, you know, some of the cool ones in, in the region like Otter Creek and stuff like that. So I'd love to do that sometime. Can you be honest about your skyline order with us, Gary? Sure. It's easy. I'm a three-way guy and I used to be a diet Pepsi, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm giving up pop pretty much for the rest of my life. I think I'm just going to go with water, maybe water with lemon, but yeah, so it's a three-way and, and water. You know, that gives you more of a budget to uh, get a Coney on the side. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think I can probably fit that. It takes a while. It takes a while for me to finish that three-way. Not even when you were in your prime, huh? No, no. Back then, I could do it, but oh, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, in, I'm over sixty now, so I gotta, I gotta slow down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate your time today, Gary. Gary, if if someone wants, you know, if someone's listening to this and they they want to get maybe their kid involved with catting, whatever it may be, can you can you at least maybe give them an idea of, of what the process would be? Sure. Um, in fact, I just answered a couple of emails tonight in my email uh, inbox. Um, they can contact me at gary.rogers12 at yahoo.com. My, my email address is also on the Western Hills website. Uh, it's whcc. I think it's West. No, it's westernhillscc.com. And then um, there's a tab that says caddies. And uh, actually, there's a link there. It just says contact the caddy master and it'll open up an, an email uh, with my email on there. And you can and you can uh, get to me that way. So the Western Hills Country Club website and the caddy tab is probably the best way to get in touch with me. Perfect. Well, again, we appreciate you coming on. We know Phil and I will will get out there and play some golf with you and watch you just hit, you know, 18 or 14 fairways. And we're just going to enjoy every bit of it. Well, I can't wait to play again. That that Pipestone uh, yeah. outing we had last year was great. It was, you know, like the first time we played after COVID. And 
race cups we had and the all. Raised, we had the raised <laughs> cups, and I think I hit a couple with some long putts that never would have stayed in. So I, <laughs> I know I shot like a 76, but that probably should have been an 86. <laughs> don't sell yourself short. You deserved every bit of it. Nah, I don't think so. And I still lost to Tom by one. I always lose to Tom by one whenever we play. That is true. Or more. Or more. It's been one a lot. It's been one a lot. I even kept score that day and even tried to give you an extra stroke here or there, Gary. I know. And I slipped you a 10 in the, in the, <laughs> in the bathroom and, and it didn't work. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, well, thank you again, Gary, for everything. And uh, right. again, we look forward to, to getting out there and playing some golf with you. And, and once again, people, if, 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 you, if anyone, if you know anyone that wants to become a caddy, I, I strongly encourage it. You know, the, you know, becoming an Evan scholar is, is awesome. It's a really sweet program. And even if they just want to be a caddy and just earn some extra money on the side, you know, that's awesome too. Yeah. Well, and, and thanks to you guys for having me. I, uh, I enjoy your podcast. It, um, is very informative. The guests you have obviously are people that, you know, but, um, I, I do think it does have a really nice regional appeal. Um, and I hope your audience continues to grow and, for being a journalism teacher at Elder, which is also what I do, I know these kids that that I'm having in class every year more and more are saying, oh, Mr. Rogers, I want to do a podcast. Mr. Rogers, can we do a podcast? And I say, absolutely, you can do a podcast. And and there are a couple of, of, of kids that were in my program that are doing their own kind of thing. I, I, I listened to one of them right before the Super Bowl and they were making all these proposition bets on the Super Bowl and stuff. And I, I really admire you guys for, you know, taking something that you have a passion for the game of golf and, and getting out there and, and putting yourself out there and, and doing a nice job of, of, uh, you know, asking really good questions and, and getting good information out there. I, you know, I kind of joked with you when I first uh, caught on to your, podcast and listen to the first episodes I said you know you ought to have me on there Tom and and I was kind of half joking but you know I think the fact that you you know you you framed it with uh, the aspect of high school golf and you also framed it with the Evans scholarship makes it pretty uh, topical and, and pretty worthwhile so you guys are doing a good job so keep it up we appreciate the kind words thank you very much Gary all right we'll see you soon Hey everyone, Tom here. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Second Shot All-American Golf Podcast. Please don't forget to like our Facebook page as well as follow us on Instagram at SSAAGolfPod. If you have any questions or feedback, please reach us at SecondShotAllAmericanPod at gmail.com. And if you could, just please rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. And we'll see you for the next episode. Thanks, guys. (laughs) 